G'day, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Onside Punt. The number one spot in the AFC is all tied up. The NFC South has a new leader, and it's all shaking up as we come closer and closer to the end of the season. My name is Cad, and I'm joined by Homie. Mate, did you enjoy the matchups this week? I did. It was great. I've never, I feel like it was the first week this year where I have walked in not with no anticipation of the outcome. Like yeah. it's like I just sat and enjoyed and just saw what both teams could produce and it was entertaining. It was some real good games. I had that feeling too where I was like, I'm just gonna sit back and, and watch this happen. I I don't know. Yeah. I wanted teams I didn't tip to win and it was just all yeah. over the place. There were some heroes. Did you happen to catch the halftime shows that we saw? Obviously Thanksgiving was this week, so we saw a couple of Different acts. Are you referencing Luna? Luna. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's one I didn't have on my list. But oh, yes, really? you're right. That was a surprise. Yeah. Was that uh Falcons? Tampa. Tampa game. Tampa. Where yeah. Ludacris yeah. just came he was, from he, the they ceiling. They repelled him from the ceiling. It was <laughs> it was amazing. I, I did not see that coming. Well, it was but, a huge mix of them this week. Like, so Jack Harlow played in Detroit. Yeah. Um, that was good. It was like Jack Harlow, big artist, pretty cool. I think it had the production yeah. of, you know, a school play it seemed yeah, pretty pretty odd, poor dolly yeah. parton came out of the freezer to perform oh. the cowboys game in a cowboys cheerleading amazing. outfit which uh, made me question a lot of things yeah i was i was really i couldn't understand what like if we'd go back in time or if we if they had a body double or what was oh, going on she's there. like in her 70s she's rocking it go dolly like, yeah yeah it was unbelievable i couldn't but, believe it but but one one halftime show was my favorite which one it was Denver's, the Broncos halftime show. I don't know if you managed I, to see this. No, I did not see this one. Give it to me. So you know they've got celebrities and all the other ones, big artists, and ludicrous, and the Broncos brought out a pack of sheep to the field. Oh no, I like this. And I they strapped kids to them with helmets yeah. with GoPros on their head, and I think just like let them go as as long as they could well, possibly no. ride the sheep. They had to no. They had to try and hold on until it got to the end zone. That was the oh, objective. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was a touchdown on the on the back of a sheep. <laughs> oh, there was. It, uh, I was uh, I was actually very happy about that. Did that I bring flashbacks was. to you know your life in Wagga Wagga? I'm assuming it did. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait. I was like, this is great. I was like, it felt like I was at the Wagga show, you know, with the. <laughs> But it's on the world stage a, in the NFL. Yeah, I just thought, oh, I, I felt pure connection to the game again. Like with the, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is an Australian sport now. Like we can get on board if we got sheep riding in the. It at did very, it did very yeah. much have that Easter show vibes for me. Where you it know, did. I want yeah. to see some wood chopping at halftime. You know, like that was the always yeah. the best thing at the show for me. Oh, I was I was so excited when I saw that, and, and they've been running it on replay that I actually have oh, really? seen. It. I just didn't know it was halftime yeah, show. I thought yeah. it might have been pre game entertainment but it was uh yeah it was good so maybe i have to get you down to the farm and you can have a go cat mate have you got a sheep big enough we'll get you on the cow yeah. get you on a bull <laughs> they'll be bigger this be older. nothing can yeah. go wrong here at the onside I'll definitely radio. Put that on the socials <laughs> all righty all righty we've got some breaking news yes uh carolina panthers owner david tepper has fired head coach Frank Reich this mm, morning. Big, big Straight news. off the press. Yeah. Straight off the press. This is, this is fresh as we woke up this morning. After a the worst start for any NFL team this year, 1-10, tied for the worst 11 games starting from 2001 to 2010 for Ooh. the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has joined Urban Myers as the first since the um, common era, draft era, to be fired with a number one QB. Uh, in, in his, in his oh. ownership, his grasp, his, in his team. Uh, I also heard that he's now the third head coach in NFL history to be fired back-to-back seasons because he was dismissed yeah. by the Colts about this time last year, actually just a bit middle of November. That was when uh, you and I were video calling when I was overseas. Mm. Now, homie, with that in mind, do you think we'll see him on the carousel? This year, do you no. think he's going to come back around or two when you're done? Yeah, no, uh, two when you're done. Yeah. That is, his resume is not strong. And it's, uh, I don't, oh, I shouldn't say they probably end up with the charges. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I just think, uh, one, a credit to the owner here. He has obviously made a mistake. They've obviously put the wrong person. They've obviously tried to get an offensive 
style coach. I know they were after the guy from, um, sorry, his name fades me, from Detroit Lions, and he took himself out of the Dan race. Dan Campbell? No, it was their, their offensive coach. Oh, um, okay. I'll grab his name. Yeah, but they'd been targeting him, and this was the second second person. So I think they might have not liked what they ended up with here. But they've cut ties. I'm kind of glad they haven't held out for the rest of the season. Six games to go. Hopefully we can get some output from Bryce and see what this team has actually got. Yeah. Under, well, yeah. At the moment, they have no blocking. Their run game is really poor. The receiving really is only one-dimensional with Adam Thielen. But, yeah, I guess that's the really sad part about this is the development of Bryce Young, who I, I think besides minor things, like minor improvements, I haven't really seen much development from week one to now. And I don't know if that's the team not allowing him to get that development uh, but it's, it is kind of crushing to see his season. And as we've always comparing, CJ Stroud's season, that's going incredibly well. Yeah, you're, I'll save it for the um, review because I did watch this game and Avery said many times before, Bryce Young under the hood, his eyes tell you there's a lot of there's a lot of fear there and they have not protected him this season at all. Yeah. Uh, very different to the structure and the feel around the Texans at the moment. All right. With that, we will move on to the headline games. All right, Kat. Now, we had some big headline games this week. And mm. uh, let's not hold the people up. Let's get them straight to the biggest one of the weekend, I would think. Ooh, uh, Eagles okay. versus Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's arguable if this is the biggest one of the week because I know you've got yeah, a really good another one, one coming, coming up. But it's, yeah, you but, can build that one up for but, me. But this game, I wasn't exactly sure that it would land as the biggest game of the week. I'm not even sure if we whacked this in the headliners in the preview show because we didn't know if the Bills would turn up. And the Bills and the Eagles put on a massive matchup, went all the way to overtime only for the Eagles to continue their win streak and finish on Jalen Hurts' touchdown. That wasn't a tush push, you should say that. Mm. Ending the game 37-4. to Homie, let's talk Bills here. I think they played excellent, honestly, uh, especially in the second quarter where I think they almost played a perfect game in that, in that brief moment. 17 points. Defense shut down the Eagles completely. They still haven't really achieved that quick start that they've wanted since week one. They're still failing to get off the mark early. Uh, but they seem like the the Bills' offense of last year. Josh Allen was using his legs, creating that threat and, and doing it effectively, not stupidly, you know, running. Or I think last year he liked to hurdle over defenders and you think as a quarterback, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't be leaping. Um, and uh, touchdowns for both Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. It's just like we're watching the game last season. Yeah, and, and that development of their run game has been incredible. It's like they're, they're finally showing us their potential and it's like, little too late or like, <laughs> you know, it's like, guys, where was this early in this season? Cause this is the bills you expect. And like you said, they turned up for once. You, you can't, we hadn't trusted them to turn up this season and they, they turned up with a bang, but unfortunately they're playing against the, the head of the NFC right now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, you don't get it easy uh, <laughs> and they do not like to drop games. No. So. Uh, and, and look, coming into the second half, the bills dropped a 10 point lead which is a bit rough, but we know the Eagles, they love to bounce back. They never really lose hope here. Look, it tied up with two scoring touchdowns and a long hope field goal from the Eagles just at the end of the regulation time. I know you and I were both watching this and we'd seen the kicking that had gone on in the other games that we'll kind of get to. It was raining. It was windy. I think it was like a 55-yard kick. We did not think this was going through, but straight through the money from the Philly team to tie up this game. I, I was a little disappointed to not see the Bills clinch this one. Um, you know, we want that path, the potential comeback, that, that storyline that we love. Still an incredible showing, though. Do you think that this game proved that they can take on bigger teams? They can actually clinch victories um, towards the end of the season because they've got the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys coming up. It's going to be a challenge. I can't imagine. Like, this type of performance will keep them in any game that they play. They turn up with that intent every week and they get a little bit of luck. Like the, they probably, you know, Gabe Davis turned left when he should have turned right. Or, you know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's that sliding little, doors. Yeah. That classic bills sliding doors, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it feels like they must, 
on their review, they must really hate themselves. You know, it's like we had that moment and we, we always just miss that slight connection, but it could, it could just click against one of these bigger teams and I can't see them, but if they do make the playoffs, what a disruptor they will be. Like yeah. they are, they, if they keep this form and take it into the playoffs and make the playoffs, you would not want to meet them. It's you the postseason disruptor status. You know, we've yeah. got regular season disruptor status with the Raiders right now. But yeah, I, I, that's a very good point. Uh, the Bills now head into their bye week. And I guess it, if I had to put any comment on the Eagles, they played exactly how you thought they'd play. Slow start, but they came back, fought for everything there. Um, they never fail to kind of get these games in big moments and they just don't seem stressed either. Jalen Hurts just seems automatic when it comes to these zones where he kind of plays best. They're currently the poster boys for a complete team. They're at 10-1. and Helmy, it's just funny to think that uh, the only team they've lost to is the Jets. Yeah, that is the weird bit of that one. Do you, we probably don't have to mention that. We'll just let it be. No, I want so. that in there. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. We'll, we'll let everyone Just know. keep it in perspective, yeah. guys. Yeah. You can lose at any moment. You can lose at That's any all it tells you. To anyone. <laughs> yeah. We've got an interesting game in this one, homie. What have you selected today? Well, I've gone with the Lions versus the Packers. Now, I think it has to be the biggest upset of the week as the Lions go down to the Packers in what I mm. I thought was a big surprise here. Um, <laughs> yes. 17, play, 17 <laughs> players on the active injury list for the Packers. And it's some pedigree within their team. I haven't listed them all because there's too many, but talk about intent. Uh, they've started with an opening drive of 53 yards, completion first play. They've gone on to score both touch uh, two touchdowns in their opening drive and then creating an intercept to go up 20 to six before you're heading to halftime. It's like they looked so good and they were throwing early on first and second. They weren't waiting for the game. They were taking it every moment. Love looked great. His connection with Reed was unbelievable. And then uh, little old Watson had a, yeah, had a Christian. come back. I haven't seen him for a while. No. Christian Watson. It's uh, either him or Dobbs, depending on the week or the month. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a game where they all had a crack and Love looked like a um, veteran in the game. He looked like it. Probably like a. We go back to those early signs when we saw them at the start of the season. Yes. Yeah. To say. And we saw that patch in the middle and we probably wrote them off thinking they're done now. Like yeah. they've, they've done the best. You know, you're a rookie quarterback, you know. They've just they've reached their potential, but no, no, this team they're not ready to lay down. They've come yeah. back and uh, uh, a bit of a question mark over the Lions here. Some decision making. We saw a fake punt that uh, <laughs> that was pretty poor, yeah, uh, which put the ball into the Packers' hands in within their own thirty, I think it was. But and Jared Groff was um, he was under a lot of pressure in this game, and he did not seem to handle it well again after. Three decepts last week. He was not great this week under the pressure as well. Cad, um, I thought we were on the cards for a Lions comeback, but that's the thing though. Beating if you're gonna beat a team and you beat the Lions, you get a jump start on them. I kind of looked at that and I was like, okay, first touchdown, that's well and good. Look who you're up against. Mm. But the Lions just couldn't bite back. Errors were actually capitalized on by the Packers. And they've gotten turnovers in the past, but they've not been able to do what they did with it in this game. And, yeah, look, Dan Campbell and the Lions, I mean, they're the team that bite back, and they didn't today. Yeah. It was incredible. No, yeah, and it's like, so I probably want to sit with the Packers a little bit. Like, like if they can get some of their players back, especially in their defense, they must be a real shot of making the wild card spot. Like, in their, what do you think? Well, they're five and six now at the moment. Just having a look at their division, and they've got to go up against, who are they under? Uh, they're division. under the Vikings and the Lions. So with the Bears below them, they're five and six. Lions at the top are eight and three. I think in the NFC, they're going to have to try reach the top of their division. Just has to look at, I think with them right now, it's what teams they have uh, in front of them. But look, if they can play like this, if they can play dominantly and take opportunities and like, I think it all kind of comes down to love being able to put it in the end zone and have a strong quarterback game. Maybe. Who's to say right now? We're seeing a lot of teams come up from nowhere uh, in the AFC as well. So That wild card slot is becoming 
Like it is, there's so many factors to it now. And yeah. the thing, the main reason I probably highlighted that is because the Lions and the Vikings play each other twice again before the end of the season. Mm. Like, despite, depending how that goes, that could really open it up for the Packers at some point there. So uh, it, it is, it's surprising they hear their name again. Yes. Like, good on them for like creating that system where they just, they've actually, they've wound it up and they're looking good. Yeah, well, they've got a bit of a, a fun surprise next week when they go up against the Chiefs, which, you know, could go either way with the Chiefs having these interesting starts. But then they've got the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings and the Bears. Majority of those all games winnable. are an option for them. They're all winnable. And look, even the ones yep. against the Chiefs, it might sound ridiculous. It is potentially winnable as well. So I don't know. Maybe we've got this late entrant coming through. This late season Let's development. See how they roll. Let's Ooh. see how they roll. Ooh. Got the shirt on. Nothing I'll certain. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. There is a new king in the NFC South as the Falcons took down the Saints, twenty-four to fifteen. The Falcons led in each quarter, despite some mistakes from Desmond Ritter, who returned this week at quarterback. The real game winner for me, homie, was the Falcons' run game this week. They used every element of their running yes. game. Uh, combining for 228 total rushing yards across their running backs. However, it was Bijan, I think, that really made the impact here. 91 rushing yards, 32 receiving yards, and a touchdown. It, it shows them that Bijan is the key to this offense, what we've all been talking about and begging Arthur Smith to employ, but supported by his other two running backs in the room because Tyler Algier and Robinson can both receive. And they've got yes. Drake London as their star receiver. It's this combination that needs to be run plus option heavy that can actually advance this team. Also, we have to uh, mention Jesse Bates, who had a hell of a oh, game. This oh, big boy. Pro ball game. That yeah, was, oh. absolutely. And he, uh, they showed this clip where he intercepts Carr. And Carr makes one look, turns his head to the right to look at receiver, and Jesse was already running to that spot. And it almost looked like Carr intended to pass it to Jesse because he just put himself yeah. in the right position. Uh, he also had a precision precision punch on the ball late in the game to force a turnover, which the Falcons capitalized on. I don't know how he doesn't just draw a massive foul for trying to... Like, it looks like he's about to punch a player, and if he's off by an inch, he will. It was interesting. The commentary, they said, like, the NFL... The big difference between NFL and college, they don't try and tackle you. They'll try and punch, punch you the ball like, out. So, yeah. yeah, it's like they they see that little bit of a weak carry and they go after it. And it was a really important one because the, it was a big carry by, I think, uh, I can't remember his name, that was uh, the Saints at the time. Mm. But they were making, they were on their, they were on a comeback at that point. Like they were trying to get back in the game and it just stripped all momentum away. Yeah. Um, and it was really impressive. It is funny because it reminds me at the start of the season when you and I were kind of watching preseason games or, you know, early games. You go, why don't they strip more? Why don't they mm. just go for the ball more? And I feel, every, I don't know if it's just because you said it, but I feel like I'm seeing it more and more. Almost spoils are coming through. I know you want an AFL spoil. More yeah, than anything in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but these strips, these punch-outs, um, it being more and more effective and disrupting so many teams to force a turnover, I am surprised they're not missing the ball sometimes and just laying one into, <laughs> into the yeah, paddock. I'm, I'm sure there's a few broken ends at the end of the game. Don't you worry about that. They wouldn't report that one, but I reckon there's a few. Mm. When you click clip the helmet or clip the, the shoulder guard or something, that would very much hurt the head. So. For the Saints on the other side of the ball, it's gone from bad to worse we saw the same old story looked great early i mean the first four plays lost it all even sooner than that now the saints went through this game scoring five field goals and zero touchdowns and it is mainly due to the injuries that they got in receiver michael thomas was put on ir before this game during the game chris olave sustained a concussion which is a massive blow to any hope they had i think of fighting against now falcons on top of their ladder and Rashid Shahid had a thigh injury and didn't finish the game. Now, the Saints struggled to hit these receivers anyway, homie. But taking them away, I'm assuming you'd agree, it takes away their opportunity to actually win some games. Yeah, it was a really... They lacked intensity from the get-go. It was sort of like... It was the first time I saw the Falcons produce the game style they wanted to. And I can't help but think that the Saints let them. Mm. Like they, it was like... They really didn't have a backup once they lost those players, you know. Like most teams, 
will keep that intensity once you know once the injuries come that that second player will come into the space and they'll try and balance it out but it just they look they look so lost when it goes wrong for the saints like if it doesn't yeah. if it, it plan a looks really beautiful and plan b looks so far apart i yeah. just think and with like we've said so many times they got all the stars all the lists all the combinations but I don't, I don't feel like they know what to do when it doesn't go quite right. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, I think the Saints are the perfect version of a fantasy team. You draft at the start yeah. you go, God, that looks all right. You know what? That's actually yeah. pretty solid yeah. for what I've got. And then as soon as you start playing Very week one, take. it all Very goes it all goes yeah. apart and then injuries. Of Why aren't they jelly? Yeah, okay, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't seem like anyone wants to do anything out there. It's, uh. it's frustrating. I think no matter if the Falcons won or lost this game, though, without any of these top receivers, the Saints are going to fall down the ladder regardless and the Falcons are going to take that top spot. The Bucks might even start trying to match them, even though they're doing their best to lose games. Um, the Falcons have light matchups coming up until the end of the season. Anything can happen, but I'm sure, I'm feeling very confident, and no matter how weird it is, but I'm sure we'll be seeing them go into the playoffs with the, the Eagles and Cowboys and into the wildcard rounds. It's, it's, it's just, so just disgusting. You, it's so dirty. <laughs> like, the NFC South is so dirty. When they're five and six and everyone else is like six and seven, trying to tussle, <laughs> yeah, trying to tussle for the wildcard spot. Oh, it feels dirty. Uh, yeah, and, we're uh, not going to see a second team from the NFC South make it into the wild cards. I'm, I'm pretty confident on that. Yeah, you can be confident of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, all right, right, let's get away from this. I'm going to take you to a game in complete contrast in terms of energy uh, with the number one spot on the line, AFC South. We got an absolute treat here, Cad. Um, two teams willing to take every moment, take the big moments, mm. and took it right to the wire. Uh, the Jags, they were they had a format of running, trying to keep ahead of the game as they kept edging away from the Texans. For those sneaky little Texans, they always closed that gap back. The game, uh, it just couldn't get, they just couldn't break them off their back and uh, they just wanted to hang in there. The game wasn't without, without mistakes. Both teams were rather, you know, they had their they had their errors and their little things, but yeah. we didn't care because it was I think too all positive. All in all, it was a, a pretty yeah. good game. Yeah, yeah, we didn't care because it was like the connections are outstanding. Uh, Lawrence and Ridley, CJ Stroud and Dell Tank Dell, like it looked like looked like they ran a cable between them and the ball. Like it was just like those two had it on a dime in the second half. So, bit of a rumble in the jungle here. Had the punch for punch, we went in the second half. Uh, we went deep into the fourth quarter. CJ had the ball in hand. We thought he goes to come back hit. He is. He's, he's told us he can do this from every moment. Oh yeah. I know you were nervous. I was nervous. <laughs> I didn't know which way we're going to go. Uh, and then a poor decision meant we had a long field goal attempt to mm. tie it up. Mm-hmm. 21-24. And it looked good off the boot, right? It looked good off the boot. Sailing down the middle. In fact, exactly in the middle. But the trajectory let them down here when the ball slammed center of the crossbar. Doink. On the doink on the wrong side though. Doink. It fell short. Yeah. It bounced off the crossbar, came back to them instead of going in and tying up the game. If you oh, put it just an crushed if me. If you going. put an X if you put an X on the crossbar, center, center, it it hit it perfectly. Like mm. and it was like all hearts were broken as we were stripped away from overtime, which we thought it was going to be. It would have been excellent too. It was good. And uh, I just enjoyed this game so much. Honestly, I I think this was such a great battle. And it's it's really exciting to see this division produce an exciting battle again. Mm. Like um, there's one point on the kicking I did want to mention to everyone. You know, when you see the players fight for that extra yard, even though they're not actually near first and 10, or that extra inch, or they're crawling for it. And it's because they say every inch, every yard matters. And, you know, if you think you're two yards in front of where they kicked it, that ball sails right through, or doinks at least to the other side and goes in for overtime. Yeah, bounces up and so, goes through. But... Yeah, but it didn't happen. But this is an awesome matchup. I'm excited. We've got a cool division that's come out of nowhere, and I know every div has their moment in the sun. Do you see Trevor Lawrence's comments on this? Yeah, what do you... <laughs> they asked him and go, 
oh, how do you feel now? We've got like another competitor coming through in your division. It's not so one-sided. He goes, you know, I expected him to be like, yeah, look, it's so great for football. We all love a great game, blah, blah, blah. Something for the fans. He goes, no, I, I think I want every team in the in my division to suck because it makes it easier <laughs> for the Jacks. <laughs> good on him. Yeah, you're not say the truth. Yeah, yeah good on him. <laughs> I do think this may be the start. Uh, my question for you was, is this Strood versus Lawrence? Oh, might yeah. Become, yeah, round yeah, one. You know, I'm, right, be... I'm hopping on that yeah. bus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I... And it's a, I, I, I think Lawrence, even though he's right in his coaching, I think he's wrong for what I saw though, because he seems to get better with these games. Like, like I, like we've seen him the last two weeks and he put up again, he probably is the best performance of the season. I think he likes the bigger games like yeah. I, I think i think he produces better like etn was better like mm-hmm. the whole team they were great the whole day both teams were great the whole day we could critique the decision making at points there was some but i don't want to because it was too good <laughs> that's like, not really a good thing hey <laughs> yeah let's just enjoy it um uh watch that doik it's it's a it's one of the better doiks of the season uh i i've watched it a few times on replay just thinking Oh, it's crushing. One you know what? Even when it hit the crossbar and didn't go in, you, they cut to the fans, and I'm assuming they're looking for that shot of a Texans fan looking sad. But there's just two Texans fans kind of laughing in the moment of just yeah. like, "Ah, oh, well, good game." Of course, that happened. <laughs> like, well, it was such a distance. I can't. Remember. I should have got the. What, what are we? Sixty yards. Let's just say. I that think for. from where the kicker is, it's about a sixty-three yard punt or something like that. Yeah, and he never made that distance before, so it's like everyone's riding that, thinking like, "Let's just do it if we can." Mm. And it was just, it was, a, it looked so good off the boot. Look, as oh. we know, one of the best kickers in the league this week missed a thirty-year thirty-yard field goal. So, yeah. well, uh, anything can happen in the kicking. I still love it. I wanted a part of the game for moments like this. Why don't we go into the rest of the matchups, homie? All right, we're at the roundup, Holmes. What are you starting with? I know we've got a couple of matchups here. I thought they were a bit more interesting, despite some of them being more one-sided. Yeah, it was more. It was we? I think we got a lot of vision of where teams are at in this. I think that w- was the greatest thing about this round. We saw where we think they are at. So it's a, and and this one was a highlight for me in terms of that Colts first Bucks um, in a matchup that I thought suited Tampa Bay. This is a game they should turn up, but we saw every face of Baker Mayfield in this game in their 20, 20 to 27 loss to the Colts. Uh, Baker, Goodwin, and Mike Evans. It's like the discount version of um, Stafford Cup and Nakua, right? Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> there is moments where you think this is the best team you've ever seen in your life. The Rams, and then, the Rams home brand, yeah, as you've said. Yeah, yeah. Black and gold. Black and gold. Black and gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the moments were with the Colts in this game, the defense of Indy really took this to Tampa Bay. Uh, the pressure they applied to Baker Mayfield 16 times, you know, recording six sacks, mm. a crucial strip sack right towards the end. This loss creates separation as we've spoken in the, in the division for Tampa. Uh, but for the Colts now, oh. keeps their journey in their playoffs right in the, they're, right along. They're actually, here. if the playoffs were as of today, they are mm. in the AFC wildcards. Yeah, and for me, this is a game where it's, I think it's time for me to give the Colts a bit more credit. And you're you're going to have to clear. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> we're not going to make the official team of Onside Park. We, we, we'll <laughs> never do that to another before. team. <laughs> we will not do that to a team, but I generally think looking at the way they're structured, they actually have a really well-balanced team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a great game at running back. Like like Gardner Minshaw is commanding this team. Like he's he's getting the output from his players that he needs, and the defense is putting up as well. It's like just they're all right. Like they're pretty good. Yeah, right? yeah. it's they, time to give them a bit more. They've got a winning record now, and apparently that's all that takes to get into the lowest part of the wild cards at the moment. <laughs> but you know they are a threat. They are winning games. They're putting huge points on. This is an offense that can roll against teams that actually have solid defenses. The Bucks' defense isn't poor, and they yeah. were able to take advantage today. My question for you, homie, is 
if you've, you've time to declare kind of some appreciation, some respect for the Colts, how are you feeling at the Bucks right now? Is it time to let them go? Oh, yeah. Um, they're in, they've broke my heart too many times. <laughs> I think we gave thought... Baker all the credit. We could probably be too, a bit too generous in how things are looking. Ba- Baker Mayfield has made this team decent. Mm. It's just that they do not, they're actually not good. What are so they missing? Like, what did you see in this game? Do you uh, think that they're missing? It, it, there's too many. It's it's all on the back of Baker Mayfield. That's the problem. You cannot put it solely on your quarterback. Like, there's not a lot of like. Try and think of their running back. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I keep yeah, thinking tr- it's Leonard Fournette, but I don't know if he's even still there. Yeah, and try and think of anyone other than Mike Evans. Even Goodwin's hard to think of sometimes. Uh, like, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. So it's like there's that there's just so single focus and it's Baker Mayfield and, and Mike Evans and you can't you can't survive in this competition with that. The Rams are a little bit different. They've got a bit more going on, but mm. there's not a, even the defense. They they've been really stripped in their defensive line as well um, and their O line. They've actually got a lot of injuries, which I we probably should put a bit more credit into as well. So. Uh, I'll give it a bit more of in the next review. I'll give you a bit more of a wrap up of where their injuries are at because they are in trouble. All right. Now you never pick against a team that just fired its coach, they said, and they were right. The Steelers came through and beat the Bengals 16 to 10. Now, yes, it it is true. The Bengals were missing Joe Burrow. Um, But what I want to focus on more, what is more important is how the Steelers offense actually changed in the very short amount of time since Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, had departed the team. Here's the stat. 421 offensive yards. This snapped the streak of 58 games the Steelers have played without gaining 400 yards on offense under Canada's supervision. So I think if people go, well, what's a coaching change going to do? That. We've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the question I'm kind of then forced next to ask, Homie, is do you think... Because because an offensive coach change can only do so much, right? It can go up to a level, and then it's actually on the development and skill of the players. Do you think with more time with this new kind of offense, I know they've got interim coordinators right now, but we've seen some improvement. Do you think the Steelers can go further, and where do you think that comes from? Well, they've got the they've got the luxury of a awesome defense so they know they can test some things like because yeah. the defense is going to give them chances to win a game we saw pat frymuth at tight end he went for 120 yards we haven't seen him all season i know he's been injured but mm. we saw we see a different element from, yeah you know a different focus um obviously when he's been out injured they haven't used Darnell washington or any of the other tight ends so it's been they haven't had to worry about that coverage. And now that opens up, hopefully that opens up the threat and then we can see different plays come into it. But mm. we saw a bit, they kind of, in, they're doing it by inches, which I think is the, the right way to do it. So we're seeing one new element every time they're coming out. So they're not trying to break it because I don't think, I don't think the quarterback would do good if they overwhelmed him. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think all we ask from them is to improve each week because they're, they're, They've got a winning record. Yep. Yeah. They're they're in the seat for a wildcard playoff, you know. Yeah. Maybe even maybe even challenging for their division if things go astray. Uh, but I think that's all we ask from them. I don't know. Yeah. Do you see anything else, Kat? Well, I, I think I, I completely agree with your incremental thing. We kind of expected, okay, Pickens, you know, is this weapon. Mm. They've always said we're going to go unlock him. We're going to go unlock him. And that's what we thought today. But Pat Frymuth, as you said, got most of the yards. We did see a bit more of Pickens. Uh, and yeah, in fact, when we saw him get a, a decent reception, I sent you a message. I go, oh, Pickens. And you replied, who's that? I've never seen him play before. <laughs> <laughs> troll, um, yeah, troll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eight different receivers got targets. So I think, you know, maybe it is that incremental. They're testing things out. What works, what doesn't. They've got a whole playbook to go through. Um, I'm, I'm happy with it because the running game is right now fantastic. Their defense yeah. is fantastic and it can develop further. If you've got a tight end option, and just Deontay Johnson, who is still getting a fair amount of the of the bickies, it's a kind of a multifaceted offense, and I'm pretty excited about it because uh, <laughs> let me tell you, Harvey, because the Steelers are actually as it stands in the playoffs, how many teams or what the teams that have one more win? They just have one more win difference than the Steelers. It's the Chiefs. How many? 
One more. <laughs> they have the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Jags. They're technically crazy. one win out of being in the same league, in quotes, <laughs> as That's these crazy, big right? players. Um, apparently, George Pickens, I did find this out today, didn't know about the firing of Matt Canada until he walked into the building like two days after it had happened because oh. he's uh, not on social media. And so he walked in and everyone, of course, knew from the media outlets and he's like sauntered in having a like, oh God, this again. Great news. He was stoked. <laughs> That's really, that'd be great. We should find that footage because yeah. I want to see his reaction. Yeah, that'd be great. I think that may have been a closed door meeting. Uh, they might be airing yeah. out some grievances like the Raiders did. But for the Bengals, do have to mention them, they were there in this game. Uh, their step-in quarterback, Jake Browning, I think did really well in his first full showing, um, but unfortunately not able to keep that scoring up. I wouldn't write them out of not winning a game for the rest of the season like other teams that might take on a backup that you know was a veteran and playing. I think the Bengals actually had something there. So keep an eye on them and how they develop because he was hitting Chase, he was hitting all the key receivers. So that's still an option for them. Uh, moving on to the catalyst for the Panthers coach getting fired here. Uh, <laughs> Who did it to him? <laughs> let's see if my notes stand up now with the coach gone. Um, <laughs> I think Frank Reich did a great job, says Holly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he really showed improvement. No, it did not. Uh, this is my notes. The Panthers had a late chance to screw up the game in overtime, but with another Price Young struggling game, uh, ended with him releasing the ball to the ground. Like it was, <laughs> if you watch the last play, that is the Panthers in season as it is. It's like he had two people just running at him as fast as possible without any block or anything. And he just threw it to the ground and thought, I'm, I'm off this field. I've had enough. <laughs> That's how it went. Um, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a clean game. Uh, the Titans controlled the first half. Derek Henry returned to the game. Yes, another name we haven't really spoke about, Derek Henry. Mm. He went for he went for a thousand yards, not really that many, but he got two touchdowns and, and plenty of yards, and it pretty much slowed down after halftime, which gave the Panthers a little bit of a look in, but it was not much of a game this one, Kat. Yeah, that's a bit of a bummer, but you know, a lot of exciting things have happened from it. So yeah, it's congratulations. A good it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, maybe it is a win for the Panthers. Who knows? <laughs> There's always a silver lining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Rams caged the Cardinals in a 37-14 to 14 victory in Arizona. We saw four touchdowns from Stafford, but not to Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup, but to Tyler Higby and Kyron Williams and a touchdown from Royce Freeman. <laughs> Who are these people? There's <laughs> 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 a few this week, actually. <laughs> there were. Um, and the Cardinals' defense just couldn't manage to shut down the Rams' offense. Uh, they can't keep up with the scoreboard. The Rams now sit five and six after this win, and it does keep the Rams in the hunt for a playoff mm. uh, slot as their competition currently sits with the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Saints, and the Packers. So, depending on those teams, they're kind of the middling of who's fighting for that late wild card slot in the NFC. They've got a mixed bag of games here, homie. I think. You know, hopes are certainly still alive. It's just, I guess, staying healthy with that team. Their main yeah. three threats, even though they weren't used. Stafford is basically one of them. They've got to stay healthy and kind of repeat dominating into the new year. Otherwise, I, can, I don't know, it can fall out pretty tight here. Do you think, do you have hope in this Rams, homie? Do you think they've developed yeah, this youngery team? Yeah, no, they're definitely, they're surprising. They're, they've definitely, I see them as, to blow this game up, like I thought it would be, a, I was thinking it was going to be a lot closer. Like it was, yeah, me too. And they came out and they showed us like the best of them. Um, mm. We just need to make sure that gap between the best and the worst is 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 really maintained for mm. the rest of this season. Um, but they're definitely a chance. They're, they're they're no less chance than any of the other teams fighting for that playoff spot. All right, let's head off to the Raiders versus the Chiefs mm. now. Welcome to the Disruptors, the, what are we, mid-season? No, yeah. we're past that. Now. I think we're two-thirds in. <laughs> yeah, we are two, we're only six weeks to go. Yep. Holy, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Well, the Disruptors, they decided not to make it easy for the Chiefs off there. Wide receivers didn't show up last week, and they jumped them. They jumped them good. <laughs> it was like a back lane. It was an alleyway. They jumped them real good. Oh, yeah. 14-0, they jumped them. So they led. Uh, it's probably as good as it got for the Raiders as the Chiefs, 
it just it just wound them up a little bit and they got going. This is probably the game the Chiefs wanted. It was pretty open. It was pretty free. They were kind of um, slinging it down there. And, and Mahomes, they just steamrolled him in the end, running over the top 31 17. Uh, it was pretty fun. Like, yeah. It was a good good energy game. It was good. I, quite I was enjoyed surprised it. the Chiefs actually bounced back as strong. I just kind of yeah. didn't get that energy from this team recently that they're like, no, nah, we're still fighting, hungry for it. Yeah. We can do it like anytime we want to. It was a bit like, I don't think the Raiders could do this. I was yeah. so ready for the Raiders for to a kick long the period, ass. For a long period. It was not until really until the second half, which yeah. again, you think... Chiefs second half had a good second half. Maybe like, the Raiders lit up the cigars at halftime. <laughs> yeah, well, Max, Cro- Max Crosby did get pulled because he's carrying some injuries, and they're like, "No, no, mate, DJ off." It was that was a, that was probably the hardest thing for them this game. They could knock him off the field there for a while. But, yeah, uh, uh, it was nice to see. We saw the normal connections, Kelsey. Uh, that was connecting, and they caught it. Don't worry, they caught it. And uh, Rashid Rice uh, looks like a. It was a nice connection as well, which we didn't see last week at all, really. So um, it was really it was a good game by the Chiefs. It was a fun game. Big highlight. We saw Josh Jacobs for the Raiders to a 63-yard running touchdown. It was so nice to see him. I felt I was in memory lane there. Uh, but overall, not a lot to take out of it. The disruptors, they're fun. Yeah, but they're the fun. Chiefs are, are top shelf. All right, over to a landslide where the Cowboys buried their divisional opponents, the official team of Onslow Punt. The Commanders, uh, <laughs> they're not really, I guess, a rival in the division. I think you need to be vaguely competitive and disruptive as a rival. But the score <laughs> was 45 to 10, so definitely not the case here. This is the third game in a combination of, of quite easy matchups for the Commanders. I'm oh, sorry, for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, for the finishing off the Giants, the Commanders, the Cowboys have the Seahawks next week. And after that, it gets tough for them. So I'm kind of worried. I have that concern. Do they remember how to prepare for an opponent that can score more than 10 points and doesn't have a welcome mat in the end zone? You know, it's just going to be a different turn for them after these wins, but they're going to rack them up. They're going into the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. I guess... Uh, Unless the Eagles foil a couple of games, maybe the one coming up next week, the Cowboys will be sitting number two in the NFC. Should we talk about Darren Bland's record, though? Oh, that we should certainly <laughs> <That> talk about. <laughs> what day was it in the first half or the second half? Who really cares? Can't recall yeah. because it, it didn't it was, even seem like there were halves in this game. It was 45. No, it was just one rolling um, highlight <laughs> yeah. film with um, just touchdown after touchdown. Uh, but Darren Bland, uh, so he's recorded the fifth. Pick six of the season mm. for himself, breaking all records that come before him. Yep. Unbelievable, okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tied it up last week, knocked it through this week. He's just on a, he's going to go set a bigger record. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. It's kind of like, like I worry as well that he's more focused on the intercepts than he is actually tackling the play. Because that's what I would do. Like uh, <laughs> my favorite thing in basketball is a block. And, yep. and when I can smack the ball out of someone's hand. And I remember my mates were watching me. Someone do a really big pass. I ran up and I smacked it as hard as I could out of the court. And everyone kind of looked at me like, what the hell are you doing? Because I mm-hmm. could have just grabbed it and I could have taken it down the other end and shot a bucket. No. But I wanted Flex. the glory. <laughs> so, Flex. <yeah. laughs> I don't care. I just had, it felt I, good. I had the it crowd go completely silent except for one of my buddies in the back. Of him. Woo! <laughs> I was like, thanks, yeah. mate. <laughs> Still felt good, right? Yeah, it and did. I'm sure... I'm sure Bland feels good every time he does it he too. Does. Right? He's not going to stop. I mean, it's he's just if he misses is his problem. But look, nah, he's got no uh, help. Like I think against Gino, who's a little banged up, if they're going against Seahawks next week, here comes number seven. He's got. This. I'm sure. I'm sure they every they just say go for it, mate. We'll cover you. Yeah, we'll cover you. Yeah, we'll you put go someone for it behind you. It's great because that was the that's why Trayvon Diggs got such a big contract for them because it was like they didn't care. Get his eleven picks for the season. We know we got a long way to winning. Mm. They if he keeps call it. Like he's scoring probably more points than the offense. Yeah. Oh, actually, there was a funny <laughs> no, he's list. Not technically. <laughs> no, but there was a funny list of the um, how many like so he scored now five touchdowns and how the list of people that he's in front of. So it was like Austin Eckler, um, mm-hmm. all the others. Justin it's Jefferson. Like he, Justin Jefferson. It's like this little old safety is just sneaking around. 
Oh, Darren Bland. Well, we're going to keep watching him and his highlight reel, but now, homie, it gets a little dark. I don't know what you're talking about. The Ravens had a really good game. I don't know. That's not who I'm talking about. <laughs> they, uh, the Chargers took on the Ravens. Mm. And as the sound will tell you, the Chargers did not come away with the win, despite keeping us in the game for probably 97% of it. So Yeah, uh, and I've got to say here, I feel a little guilty because I think that the Chargers' defense was good this week. And uh, and Brandon Staley was was right. <laughs> I don't no, want to no, say it too loudly. <laughs> yeah, if that, if that gets out of the media, can we might we might keep him for another ten? We saw we saw the sign in the in the crowd. The people want a new coach. <laughs> they do, they do. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the Ravens' offense it wasn't its normal self this game either. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the readjustment of Mark Andrews out or if they're just banged up a little bit. They're wide out, so. I was right. Odell Beckham Jr., he's carrying a shoulder injury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you called that very that. early. Got to say, well done. But when Justin Tucker missed a field goal within 50 yards, <sighs> we, I thought it was on. I, I thought, thought it was, it was like, that you is... know what? The Chargers have felt unlucky and they have been given yep. this rare opportunity. Justin yep. Tucker misses a 30-yard field goal. The guy who does not miss... And for what context, do they do with this, it, homie? <laughs> for context, doing? this guy is going in the Hall of Fame for being the best kicker of all time. Absolutely. Like he, and, Mr. Automatic. And we decided to turn the ball over. Woohoo! I think that's Charges errors, decision-making. It's all the factors that you expected a Chargers game allowed them. And then we needed to stop. So instead of stopping them, we let Zay Flowers... <laughs> go at running back and yeah. split us up and score a touchdown. And all he wants to do at the moment is do touchdown celebrations, yes. which are great. Which are great. Which are great. Yeah, and I saw Lamar yeah. Jackson yeah. flaming him for his bouquetos. He did well, he had, to ex- he had to explain it to Lamar Jackson. And that's, you know, it's bad when you I did to have to explain to it to you as well. Yeah, I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell <But> the people. <laughs> he's having fun. He's having fun. He's bouquet-tossing because he's Jose Flowers, throwing the ball behind him for the brides to catch yeah. it. Um, yeah. I think the the issues mainly came from the Chargers' offense here. I think there were massive issues. I think there were issues with Justin. I think he gave us the best chance to win with one run, just one show of greatness in a 35-yard run. But that was a massive issue. We weren't able to score. We didn't see much from Eckler this week. Um, Keenan had some big moments, but even as Coach said and the Ravens, oh, yeah, we're like double to triple covering Keenan. Like we know. It's like that their only offensive receiver threat. And we're stopping the run pretty good, so we've got the Chargers cornered. Can we just say, though, the Ravens' defense hit hard. Mike, like, it was a crunch oh fest. Oh, my gosh. They're starting to compare them. I think it's the 2000 Ravens, but like people are starting yes. to compare them to that Ravens. Ravens or the Legion yeah. of Boom from uh, Seahawks yeah. back in the day. Yeah, but it just highlights to me the difference in output. Like the Ravens this season seem to have... They've, they've got everything out of their list that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. When you look at the charges, it's a complete opposite. They're not getting everything out of their list they can. So it's just like, it was just the two teams on different trajectories in my eyes. And it was like, it, oh, showed, yeah. it showed the gaps for me. Hugely, hugely. And I think, you know, there are comparisons for the risk taking between head coaches. And, and when Brandon Staley started doing it, everyone was like, oh, geez, like fourth and one. Like, I don't know, he goes for it more than any other coach. Harbaugh does it too. He loves it, but he is smarter yeah. and more like designed around the players. He has, he's very calculated and they have a team that when the Chargers would get a penalty against them, the Ravens were an offense. The Ravens had to drop back 20 yards. It'd be first and 20. And they just, they would go, Oh, this is an opportunity. It's a good one to get fourth down on Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, Lamar Jackson, just toddle their way up, bring it into 19 yards of the, uh, of the line. Just ridiculous. So, well done, Ravens. You are now the number one in the AFC. Unbelievable. They're doing so good. Unbelievable. So. All right. Moving on from the sad news to another AFC West team who are doing incredibly well. The Broncos defeated the Browns this week 29-12 to in a decisive thumping. 
And this game achieved told me something called Scorigami. Uh, if you don't know what that is, we'll stick around. I'll talk to you about it at the end of the games. Anyway, back to the Broncos. They put some hurt on those Browns. They were, they were already down a starting QB. And the Broncos managed to take out their current quarterback, DTR, who left with a concussion. And did you see his bloody face? Yeah, it was a bad hit. What's the, what's the point of wearing a helmet? What's the go? You've got oh, just a imagine if he did that helmet on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I, what I always think. I think the head got under the face guard and, and clipped him it on did. the mouth. It was, it was a. Yeah, I think he got. He, did he get a personal foul for that? Because it was yeah, possibly. Pretty, it was called. I'm pretty sure it was a bad hit. So that was pretty rough. Taking out their quarterback pretty pretty early, I think. And then Miles Garrett, the defensive juggernaut, who has been a leading figure for the Browns' defense, was injured as well. I believe he's got a shoulder. He said he felt his shoulder pop. Yeah, this was all around sort of just after the second half sort of kicked off that th- sort of third quarter period. That's mm. where it all... Because they were in the game. It was about 14-12 at this point. And then we DTR goes down, Miles Garrett goes down with the shoulder. He just looked... He just didn't look right. So they, they're not going to risk him. So they got him off pretty quickly. So Yeah, uh, Amari Cooper as well and Jordan Elliott were also unable to finish the game due to a rib and separate ankle injury. I mean, the Broncos just tore these guys apart. Like... The, yeah. the Broncos are looking to take a spot in the playoffs right now that the Browns currently hold. And I think they've just kind of stripped them of most of their opportunity and made it a lot harder for them to, to go in there. Yeah, they took the win and gave them the injuries that co- could have <laughs> a role effect injury. for the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, the Broncos uh, but- are just wild at the moment. I mean, this defense... Like they use their high level defense and their offense to dethrone the team with the number one defense in the league. They had three fumble recoveries in this game. They had 15 takeaways in their past four games. Like, what's going on? Who are these Broncos? It was, um, and they obviously, they just, they're well, they're well coached at the moment too, because it's like they're doing everything right. Like they're very error free like mm. type team. But I, I will, uh, Cleveland Browns, though, they did make a really poor decision. So it was 14-12, and um, obviously PJ Walker has come on as a replacement quarterback. And they tried to do a, like a sort of like a trick play and drop the ball, and the Broncos yes. took it away. And yes. it was just like... It was the trick that, play in the worst moment for them to do it. It's the razzle-dazzle. Yeah, it was why in that moment did you choose... Like, just give them the win. And then the Broncos are now the team that takes it from you. Yeah. So uh, my question for you was, like, does Russ need to be better or can this style take like take them to the playoffs in this style? Do, they, do we need any more improvements, similar to what we talked about with the Steelers? Um, I would say we've seen a lot of good stuff from Russ at the moment. And do I think he's at the level right now that, I could see him, you know, it depends what, what you max out this team at. Is it in past the wildcard rounds, there's divisional finals, there's a conference finals, all the Super Bowl. But for them to have a fighting chance, I think they need a bit more support. They need a star in wide receiver or in the running game, this other element to push them. But they were able to put 29 points on the Browns' defense. Mm, it's incredible, actually. Which they're a little yeah. banged up. They weren't exactly themselves this day. But the running game really improved from the Broncos. I'm not sure. I think their defense is great at the moment. That's going to develop. I just, I do feel like they need something else. One more element on their offense to assure these third downs and even fourth down attempts, because that's what all the other teams right now have. Chiefs have Kelsey. Hurts has, well, himself, the tush push and AJ Brown. There's another element that needs to come from the Broncos if they want to start competing. Sadly, though, for the Browns, they're going to likely be turning to Joe Flacco. The 38-year-old veteran who took the field for the first time in 2008 and has refused to leave the league since he will likely be starting for the Browns. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one, Holmes. Moving on to... Jeez, it feels like a long time ago. A Saturday game. Yeah. We got a Saturday game. What a breakfast. It was breakfast club with the Jets versus the Dolphins. But uh, in the first half, they didn't show much other than um, the Jets have a nice new shiny helmet with a green face mask. It was very nice. I did like that. Uh, neither team really showed anything until we got to the two-minute warning of the first half. The Jets' offense, they needed to produce something, and boy, did they. Pick six. Unbelievable. Taking the score to 10-6 in favor 
What a roaring, what a roaring Saturday morning it was. Oh, it was. And then it was like, yeah, it was a missed, it was a big missed extra point. So that's why it's a six. But, and then with another two seconds to go, intercept. They've intercepted to a upsteps Boyle. Not Susan Boyle, Tim Boyle. <laughs> there wasn't a halftime show. Don't worry about yeah. it. So oh, he's that something? <laughs> that would have been great, actually. <laughs> so we've got a Hail Mary on the cards here for the Jets to walk in at halftime as the leaders. They launch it. It's long. It's at the one-yard line. Oh, no, it's caught by Holland for the Dolphins, who decides this is my time and <laughs> returns it for a 99 yard return touchdown. And Insane. from that point on, it was it. That was it. That was the game. Basically <laughs> from that point on the Dolphins run out 30, 34 to 13 winners. It didn't get much better than that moment. Uh, only sad thing out of this game though, is Jalen Phillips. Um, who's had a six sack season. We've got another Achilles injury. Oh, what is going on yeah. in the league? Yeah, so he obviously he, that's for the Dolphins, that is, but not a good injury there. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot to take out of this. The Jets are pretty poor. Um, the Dolphins. <laughs> We're getting real at the end of the season. Yeah. It's getting real. I'm sorry. I just, it was my Saturday. I was excited. I had my coffee and they didn't deliver. So Fair enough. All right, let me take you back to Thanksgiving where the 49ers gobbled up the Seahawks, but they weren't the only cooked bird on the field that day, homie, <laughs> as Christian Beautiful. McCaffrey received a turkey leg on field celebrating his huge efforts. He rushed for 114 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Uh, well-earned meal at the end of that game. Seahawks were led by a banged-up Geno. And I think he left the game worse than he arrived because the 49ers laid six sacks on the veteran. Nick Bosa took two and the rest were shared amongst the rest. Like a good Thanksgiving meal, homie. The Niners will have to prepare for Philly next week and the Seahawks at Dallas on Friday in a short week. Both big matchups, but they'll have to turn their attention to. I'm just worried for Gino. He was sore and he looked sore coming out of this game and then he's going up against the Cowboys. Yikes. It, it's sad for the Seahawks because they're putting up decent performances. They're just meeting teams on a, another level. Yeah, like, it, it's the bad they, time. <laughs> yeah, they are just they're that, and they need a little break and they're not going to get it. And yeah. they just go bang for bang with the big teams. Um, and yeah, good luck next week. Yeah. Short turnarounds. You know, not, not a short turnaround, but a, it not is, as long you as know, you want. They, yeah. They've got a pretty rough time. So yeah, but the Niners, oh. Here comes Philadelphia, which I know we're so excited. Oh, my no. We can't stay in the review because we're too busy looking at the preview. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. What a matchup that's going to be. But we'll save that for our preview show. Mm, But we got one more. One more to go. Uh I've saved the best (laughs) for last. All right, guys. I got the Giants versus the Patriots. I previewed it. And it didn't disappoint. <laughs> was it was your, did stinker. it end up being your train wreck of the week? It was a stinker. This was a stinker of a game. Uh, neither team wanted to win it. And it was decided with a yanked 35-yard field goal. We nearly went to overtime with this one. And that would have been... We nearly had... We, it was like 7 to 10. It ended up. Mm-hmm. But this is the closest I've ever seen to 0-0 zero, zero, or... Like it was, it was close. The highlights sat with the Giants. They probably deserved to win. Yeah, they Jaylen, did. Tommy boy. Yeah, yeah Jalen Hyatt. He had um, the rookie wide receiver. He had a hundred yards, and as you did, second start for and second win for your boy, your rookie boy, Tommy DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a little trademark which you've just showed us. He's got the old. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Without, it's it's um, if it can only be described as Italian hands. If you uh, yeah. if you know it in the family, they love it. You, a whole crowd because his parents started it doing the hands when Tommy would do anything good, and the whole crowd starts doing the Italian hands. And it's a, he's I don't know. I think the Giants. He's given some character, and he lives about nine minutes from his home stadium, like where he grew up, and he goes so good. to work every day nine minutes from there. The whole family around it, New York, New Jersey, they love it. So, you know, good on you, Tommy. You got a victory. How good's that? I liked um they they asked um Saquon Barkley after the game, like, oh, what was it? Like, what's it mean? And he says, 
Jersey baby. Jersey baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. What and are you like, talking was, about? <laughs> it was pretty good. But um, the Pats, on the other hand, they swapped out Mac Jones for Zappi at halftime. It made no effect other than they got back to seven. Like yep. It was, yep. Uh, Bill Belichick. Yep. Mm. No, you tell me. You no, tell I, me I had a question. Nothing left. I had a question for you here, which is, um, you know, the coach goes, all right, it's our offensive coordinator. We can get rid of him. Okay, it's actually our quarterback. So we'll put the other quarterback on. No, actually, it's not him either. He doesn't work. Where is the fingers being pointed now, homie? Is it now assured that Bill Belichick is going to go somewhere after losing to the Giants? Well, we know that losing to the Giants is a part of the formula of getting sacked. We know that. Like it, it is part and parcel of it. But I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure they get rid of him. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, they had that big contract I, they talked about in the offseason. But I just, yeah, I don't see them getting rid of him. But it just seems like a big, big decision to make because he will be in the Hall of Fame with they, the Patriots. It's got to go. He deserves the respect to take to the end of the season. Yes. Like it would be pretty bad if they just shaft him mid-season for, for his... Um, he might already know today. by this point. Yeah, I'm sure they've had conversations. And we might have to just monitor the press conference to see how he... But one day he might just really open up and then we're like, oh, no, they've had the oh, conversation. That, that'll be the day. that If Bill Belichick yeah. opens up, hell will freeze over. Because <laughs> the problem is they, the can't be talking, they can't talk to coaches right now. They no. can't talk to any contracted coach. You can actually know coach, I think. You can't. It can't be a conversation with other clubs right now, so it's all media based. So yeah, that we'll was that was the issue that the Miami Dolphins found themselves in when talking to Sean Payton out of season, and they ended up losing draft picks because of it. So you got to be very, very, very careful. Well, homie, we had a full roster this week. No one was on by, so we're running a little short on time. But I did want to run you through. Something I mentioned earlier in the episode, which was Scorigami. Have you ever Ooh, heard yes. of this? No, I, please take me there. It's, I think it's just wonderful. And I got really lost in it this week when um, going through and, and discovering what it is. Now, Scorigami is something, I guess it's an achieved thing when you achieve Scorigami. It's a score that has never existed in NFL history before. Oh, I like this a lot. So... The score for, I believe it was, the Broncos game to the Browns. Just going through my notes to find exactly what that was. Broncos-Browns was 29-12. 29-12. So that score had never, ever existed. 29-12 to in Ooh. NFL history. Now, even though there's been yeah 15,000 games and the NFL's been going for about 100 years, 120, I think, there are still some out there. And so this guy, John Boyce, he's the founder of Scorigami. Check out his videos. Check out his website. It's awesome. It's it's real nerd shit. Like it's sport nerds stuff oh, to dig into. And uh, he maps out everything he works and how rare it is to get certain scores. So he, he did this intro clip and he talks about the probability of getting the score for all. Because if you think about it, oh. how do you score four points? Yeah, I can't. Safeties. Can't Safeties there. is the only way you can score four points. Oh, so two points each. And so he goes ah. through the calculation to see how much it would need to get. Both teams would both need to get safeties and they'd have mm. to go all the way through overtime scored with two safeties each. And his probability for that is you can expect that score once in every 1.7 billion years. I can't even expect it in that. Like that just does not seem plausible. <laughs> it does doesn't it? seem plausible at all, but uh. there's even a way, and he'll talk about it, he talks about the dark arts of Skorogami, about how you can actually potentially in the rule book score one point in the NFL, which is a defensive safety, which would basically mean I'd need to kick to your field goal. It would have to be fumbled. Your team would have to take it back to the end zone, fumble it, and then catch it in the end zone. Then I'd have to tackle you. That's the only way you can score one point in the league. Um, it's incredible. It's beautiful. I really highly recommend you go and look at Scorigami. Uh, it happens, you know, 10 times in a decade. So very rare achieved thing. Um, I think it's happened twice this year because... I was about to say, that's a, this is the second one of this season. Because they right? said to Sean Payton when he won this game, they said, do you know what Scorigami is? You've achieved it. And he goes, no, I have no idea. It's like when a score's happened and it, it's never happened before in the NFL... 
And then he goes, oh, really? And they go, yeah, like that Miami Dolphins game where he lost 70. To- <laughs> and he goes, I like the second scorigami better. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> That's no brilliant. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, like send you lot. down the rabbit hole. But after that, I think we've uh, had a big week, so we should start wrapping it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Onside Punt at Onside Punt. Yep, that made no sense. Thanks, guys. Hell, dude. See you, mate. We're on the Instagram. Get out there. <laughs>